0: The main attraction to becoming an entrepreneur was always to make a lot of money so that you can do good work. That was not necessarily the best motive to become an entrepreneur. Today we're
1: talking all about entrepreneurship versus entrepreneurship, what the difference is, what traits make you good at each one, how the skills actually combine. So being a good entrepreneur can make you a great entrepreneur, and the skills you learn as being an entrepreneur can help you as an entrepreneur. And also the harsh realities of when it is the right phase of life to be in each part of the journey and where sometimes you do fail, but failing doesn't mean that you close off other doors. And today with us, we have Param Singh, MBE, who's had a really vast experience in his career, where he's been both an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur of both not-for-profits, for businesses, for real estate, and he's worked in 11 different industries. So he's got that true breadth to really be able to give valuable advice for you in your part of your journey today. Let's get on to the show. So Param, it's so great to have you here today. and It's a really interesting topic. And I know that you've had such a varied experience in both entrepreneurship and
0: intrapreneurship. Can you give us a quick overview of some of the different roles you've had in those different spheres? So from an entrepreneurship perspective, um, I have been involved with three different startups. Uh, I have uh, founded uh, multiple different uh, charities, so that's the social entrepreneur perspective. I founded a property investment company, um, and from an entrepreneurship perspective, I've worked in 11 different careers across uh, 12 different industries. Wow.
1: So that gives you such a breadth because I think a lot of people have this fixed mindset of they're in a certain career and they find it hard to move around, whereas you've been able to have that variety, right? And you mentioned there about the different companies you started. What drove you to become an entrepreneur? What drove you to try and build your own thing, whether it's through the charities or through the, the business side?
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. So uh, being a social entrepreneur has been something that's been, uh, that I've been passionate about from a very young age, even after graduating. And I wanted to learn about the charity sector and about non-profits so that when we eventually make enough money, we can do good with that money and have vehicles to to do that good work the main attraction to becoming an entrepreneur was always um, to make a lot of money so that you can do good work um, that was not necessarily the best motive to become an entrepreneur um, but that was the that was my motivation um, and unfortunately it didn't necessarily result in the best results from <laughs> from, a, from a successful company's perspective and
1: like when you look back on that like tell us a bit more about your mindset at that time did you was it like a real driver, like I'm going to make loads of money, and then how did you think about that? Like, like put us into the mind of pyramid or in companies.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, you, we we look in the we look in the news, and we look in the media, and we see you know like um, Mark Zuckerberg, and we see you know the big the big tech titans, and we think, well, you know, if they can do it, then why couldn't I do it? And that is a valid valid mode of thinking, but the reality is that those big businesses, those really big um very successful stories are few and far between and most people are not going to have that level of success you're not very unlikely to become a billionaire it's just the statistics are just you know we've got to look at the data when we try and uh, when we have a perspective on things and i didn't necessarily have that data perspective i just had positive mindset Unfortunately, a positive mindset doesn't always get you the results you need. It's good to have, but it doesn't necessarily provide results.
1: I always say it's like you've got to dream big, but then be able to roll with the punches. So if you just keep pivoting and if it you've got to be happy with your progress at the same time as thinking like, oh, like I could do more, maybe I could do more. And it's a really hard balance, I think, to find that of dreaming big without being crushingly crushing on yourself in terms of the amount of pressure you put on yourself. And I'm trying to get there, but I think it's something which a lot of people are working on, of how do you make a huge impact without just beating yourself up all the time about what you have achieved and what you have achieved? And Absolutely. I imagine in the past, there's some moments where you have beaten yourself up where there's been really hard moments where you're like, am I doing the right thing? Like, What have I got myself into here? Can you talk about some of that reality of like being those hard moments as an
0: entrepreneur? So, you know, there's so many people that work a nine to five uh, or five days a week, and they think that that is hard work. Well, when you become a entrepreneur, there is no, there is no day you don't work and there's no nine to five. There's no such thing as a nine to five. You have to do the work that needs to be done to achieve the goals that you have set out to achieve. And so, so, so from. You know, people say, oh, you know, I want to be my own boss and I want to be able to do things on my terms. Well, it's not, you you won't, yes, you will be your own boss, but you're not necessarily doing things on your own terms. Most people probably don't want to do 12 hours a day, seven days a week, but I know a lot of entrepreneurs that work these sorts of times. The first thing you have to keep in mind with entrepreneurship is it can be a lot of hours. Because you're creating something from scratch, nothing exists, there's no systems, there's no processes, you may not have any customers. And so building all that from scratch, compared to working in a company that's been around 100 years with a million customers you know like such as an S&P 500 or a FTSE 100 business it's a totally different thing the other thing is is that you can't you can no longer be just a professional if you're a very good accountant just being a good accountant doesn't make you is not going to help you in being a good entrepreneur you're going to have to become a polymath which is a skilled person in multiple different areas. You're going to have l- at least some bit of knowledge, some bit of knowledge in accounting and legal and data and lots of different areas, marketing, um, to, to be, to be have to have any chance of being successful in, uh, uh, become, uh, to have any success, to have any chance of success as an entrepreneur.
1: And I think that's one interesting thing that you said, because obviously I was in the creative space, so there's so many people who talk about being your own boss and making your own decisions. And the being your own boss, I use it myself as like a, a term because it's the easiest way to say it. But in reality, you're never your own boss. If you've got customers, you've got investors, you've got stakeholders, if you've got a business where maybe it's like an e-commerce store, all of your bosses are everybody who buys your product. You can't just do what you want because otherwise nobody will buy it. Well, you can do what you want, but you're not going to make any money. <laughs> right? You've got something you've got to serve. And it's making sure you've got to get that in your head like, and getting into it in the way that you know what you're getting into. And it's really difficult sometimes to both encourage people, but also show people that reality of what's going on there. And obviously you have to fold some of your businesses, right?
0: What was that experience like? A lot of people won't talk about what's happened there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad because what happens is, you know, you let's say you work on something for one or two years, and then you have to know when to pull the trigger. Like Because when you pull the trigger to say, you know what, this is not going to work, you have to come to terms with, okay, well, I've made this many losses, you know, let's say if I was working for a, uh, you know, a company, I would have made this much money. So that's the lost opportunity that you have to account for the, the money that you could have earned in a normal job that you didn't earn because you were trying to, you know, make your millions in your startup business. And then you have to then bring in the account for all the, the costs that you've had to incur in your startup business itself and so that can typically become if it's over one or two years you're looking at you're easily looking at a six-figure business so the the first it's it's hard emotionally because you have to come to terms with well this is the end of this journey and the quicker you can close that journey the better so they say if you are if you're in business um if you're going to fail fail fast and the reason why you want to fail fast is it reduces your cost of uh, opportunity because you can be doing something else that could make you money, and also it reduces the costs that you incur in you know and spend and or what whatever other sort of uh, items that you have to spend money on to um, generate revenue. And um, so you know I've you know so that that's been a pain, so that's been um, a good learning experience and you know where you have to come to terms with the fact that something hasn't worked and it's time to close. And if you've got other business partners, you have to have those discussions and those discussions can be difficult sometimes as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And what you just mentioned there, I think is really important for people to know. So obviously the last year I focused on the not-for-profit of AHQ, that means that if I just decided, if I didn't do the stuff I do for fun, essentially, so the podcast, those kind of stuff, if I just focus on how I could make as much money as possible, I'm down a couple hundred K probably from this year because of what I could be earning just by becoming like very focused on money. And I'm in a very privileged position where I can choose to like spend that time and put money into a new business and grow it. And now it's hopefully paying off. But in the short term, if you just want to make money often, it can be
0: better to just have a job and get the salary. In. Being an entrepreneur is a very long term deal all the time. <laughs> that is, that is absolutely 100% the case. And, um, the number of people I've, I've, you know, that I've I've spoken to who are, you know, making, you know, so there's 5.5 million, there's 5.5 million SMEs in the UK and SME in the UK can be businesses up to 250 people, but the average, the, the average uh, profit that an SME makes in the UK is 12,000 pounds and 90% of startups fail. So you're looking at a very, so even if your business doesn't fail it's probably going to be making on average 12,000 pound profit a year. And you would be better off getting a uh, a salary. A, almost any job would pay you like double that at least like most graduate sal- salaries would pay you double that. And so it, you could do something as a side hustle, but then you need to appreciate that it's a side hustle and it's not uh, something that's going to pay your mortgage and your bills. Yeah. And like, I
1: can even open you can, So you can go to companies and you can see, so, my business last year made a loss because I stopped making money because after my dad passed, then well, a lot of the revenue generating work, I stopped by saving my costs. And it's something which, like, I don't think I've admitted that before, but I think, well, I, think I have, but it's just something to be very watchful of because I am I was able to make money while working a day job and make savings. So it's always thinking about like, what's your unique circumstances as well, which we'll get into later, about whether or not it's the right moment for you. But let's talk about entrepreneurship
0: now, right? So, let's talk about entrepreneurship and the struggles there. What does being an entrepreneur mean to you? Being a, being an entrepreneur is, you know, is, is is a fantastic opportunity to really like multi-skill yourself. And if you were an entrepreneur and you failed, such as myself, uh, in in many different um, digital uh, with the, with, the, with the various different startup companies uh, I've set up, you can go back. There's always an option to go back into the corporate world, and be an entrepreneur. And, you know, use those multi, multi, multiple skills that you've gained now, to look at a a job that you're working in, and see, well, you know, I could do in this new job, if I did my work this way, you know, I could save time, or I could totally uh, remove a process. So you're always looking for improvement. Well, how can you improve something? How can you make something better? How can you make it more efficient? And now with uh, AI, uh, the 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 game is now or those people that can use AI to rapidly increase their uh, productivity versus those humans that uh, are just n- haven't gained that ability to uh, that knowledge or those skill sets to use AI to augment their own skills and um, increase their productivity. And like, how does it being an entrepreneur work in practice for you? Like, what have you done using the entrepreneurial mindset?
1: So you've learn all these skills from being an entrepreneur like what are some of the ones where you've then gone into a company and been able to make a real massive difference to them because that's a huge value you can bring them right
0: absolutely absolutely so i remember working in a rail business and i it within the first few weeks i had um done my first trip to poland and i had used uber for the first time and i was like this is amazing now there's no it solved the problem of going you know going to a place or, uh, where you can't necessarily speak the language, and you can't get ripped off anymore on cab fares because every everything is listed out in the app, like uh, you know the journey and the cost you're going to pay. And this was brilliant. So I saw that. I saw that. I thought, what a wonderful idea. I went back to the rail business, and the rail business have um, they had a fatality? Um, so someone on the rail on the rail uh, network was on on the tracks. And they had a fatality, and I was like, "I was like, how is it possible that in the modern world, uh, in the time that we're living in, that someone can be on a track and not know that the train is coming, uh, and and then have and basically lose their life? And yet, I can go to a foreign country where I can't speak the language, and I can and I can see and know exactly how long a car where a car is, and when I'm in the car, like where it's traveling to." And where it gets to. And so I propose, well, you know, if an Uber app can do this, I'm sure we can give all engineers that are working on rail track on, on rail an app that they can use so they can see trains that are coming. And within five, within 10 minutes, the app is notifying those individuals to get away from the rail tracks entirely until the train has gone past. And people love the idea. Now, I, I wasn't I didn't stay around to develop the app and develop the idea. But you can see how ideas from the business world or things that you can see in your everyday life. You can then look at your business or look at the company that you're working in and say, well, how can I how can I make the company better? or How can I improve things either in your job or in the wider business? by uh, transplant i call, I call them transplant like a surgeon you're transplanting ideas from different industries or uh, different parts of uh you know parts of the world and bringing them into your company where they may not currently exist
1: awesome yeah i love that example as well because as you said i think that's where the real difference is made where some if somebody's only got one experience that then it's very hard to be creative but right? the creativity comes from having different experiences
0: where you can apply a different lens to a problem that maybe. Other people in the industry haven't seen before yet. Exactly, exactly. And that's why it can be beneficial if you're a professional to work across different industries. Like I've worked across like 12 different industries and in lots of different types of jobs. And that provides you an opportunity to see lots of different roles, to see different perspectives. Being an entrepreneur it's the same thing, you know, you will see lots of different perspectives, you learn lots of different things, you just wouldn't learn. If you're an accountant, um, you may be a good financial modeler, but you you wouldn't know where to start on like doing a running a Facebook paid ad, for example. And so the more you can learn, being an entrepreneur is, is a fabulous opportunity, because you have, you have to do everything yourself. And so you have to learn everything to some level. And that makes for a very good professional. You can go back and uh, you know definitely increase your salary, um, and people will respect you for the ideas that you can bring as an entrepreneur in different businesses that you work in.
1: Hey everyone, we hope you're enjoying this episode so far. A Quick note from our sponsors who make this all possible: from first-time founders to the funds that back them, innovation needs different. HSBC Innovation Banking. Is proud to accelerate growth for tech and life science businesses, creating meaningful connections and opening up a world of opportunity for entrepreneurs and investors alike. Discover more at hsbcinnovationbanking.com. Back to the show. And looking at that as well, so you've had made different transitions throughout your career. How does somebody listening right now know whether it's the right time
0: for them to become an entrepreneur and an in- entrepreneur? So uh, no, that's a very good question. So one of the things, um, that I started from, um, after graduating was property investment. And that's been one of the few things that have, has actually made me money because it's an asset based business. So the asset itself can't devalue hopefully. Um, and, and normally, even if you do things wrong in property, you, uh, the property value will increase. And so it's like a bad haircut, you know, it's. Bad haircut may be here today, but your hair will eventually grow, and so the, the bad haircut will also grow out. And so, you and so eventually you make money. Um, now in my case, my property portfolio had come to a point where it, where my expenses were equaling my income. So I could leave my job, and although my income would, would, would go down, I would still have a base amount of income that I, that I have from my property portfolio that could then, you know, pay for my essential things and give me the time to, you know, that I need to invest in myself to learn the skills and in the, in the business to build a business. So everyone has a different risk profile. If you are married and you've got children and you've got a mortgage, you need to be on the lower end of risk. You know, you need to make sure that you're, you have enough money and, and probably enough savings to be able to take you through the, the business journey that you are looking to take go through. If you are a graduate, you can have a much higher risk profile. You haven't got expenses, you haven't got people to look after, you haven't got dependents, and so you can be more aggressive either in your investing career or in your in the risks you take uh, in terms of starting up businesses. And um, so you have to take that keep that in mind when you are uh, building a business or uh, becoming an investor.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So as we've said, you worked in. 11 different roles at 12 different industries and you've had multiple different startups. What are you working on now? What are your current projects?
0: So, yeah, so as a, um, uh, as a social entrepreneur, um, something that we did this year was, uh, we set up the women in technology and business parliamentary series. Um, that was done as an experiment because you never know what interest you will have, whether it's a business or whether it's a social project, you don't know what how, how something is going to be until you put something out there and you see the traction. And we were overwhelmed with the amount of response we had. You know, we were filling up the seats like twi- we, uh, twice as many RSVPs as we could accommodate, three times as many RSVPs as we could accommodate. And we thought, OK, this is fantastic. We did our first event. We thought, this is fantastic. Let's create this as a series. And so next year we are looking to continue that series where we're giving a platform to women. Uh, women have done remarkable work. Uh, in business and technology, either in the startup, either in the startup space or in big businesses. So either of those are valid, you know, valid routes to uh, showcase and you know gain, um, uh, uh, gain um, experience and skills. And so we're looking to continue that uh, next year after the success we've had. Awesome. And do you think
1: your own experience with entrepreneurship, for example, has made you more effective even in that aspect as well? Right, organising the because you've done what we've done, how has that helped you? Because I think people often like forget like how everything links together, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, when you are um, doing lots of different types of when you're doing lots of different types of work, you can pretty much do anything. Anything you want to put your hand to, you can do it. And um, this sort of and you know this parliamentary series, uh, because I've worked in parliament before, the the the, the political contacts are there. Um, because, you know, as an entrepreneur, we we you will have and I will have done lots of event organizing. You know, we've got those skill sets. And um, and of course, as you develop and grow your um, sort of community of people, you have the contacts there as well. And I know you've been very um, helpful with recommending us uh, speakers as well. And we absolutely really appreciate that.
1: Yeah. And I've been to a few of the events myself and I think I missed the last one while I was away. But every time it's a great event, great speakers. You obviously do an incredible job there, and I think that's probably where I first met you guys. And it's, it's also an incredible collaboration, right, with City Sikhs and City Hindus.
0: And absolutely, yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's a good opportunity for us to work together as communities to show um, uh, not just uh, the platform for women in technology, but also. Um, the more subtle things like, you know, communities working together and, you know, for for the betterment of society.
1: One of the things that I've worked with myself, right, is that it's really important, I think, this idea that everybody can learn from women. It's not about only women can learn from women. Women are great models for us all. And it's one of the things we do on the podcast too, because I really believe that very strongly is that sometimes women aren't put into that situation where they're shown as leaders and you're doing an incredible job of that. And the people you get on and the panelists, you have amazing stories. We're going to need to be able to see quick five questions now, though. So, first one is Who are three British Asians you'd love to spotlight, who you think are doing incredible work, and people should be paying attention to?
0: Yeah, no, uh, so that is a really good question. So, look, first and foremost, the number one Asian that comes to mind is you. You have done great work bringing so many different people, giving, creating this wonderful platform uh, of sharing knowledge and wisdom and shining a light on people that probably otherwise would not have a light shone on them. So m- massive thanks to you. Um, another couple of people that come to mind who who I only met through the parliamentary event series, and one of them was introduced <laughs> uh, by yourself, was um, Ash Aurora, who is one of the youngest partners in a VC firm and she uh, when when you hear her talk uh, uh, talk about her work it's fantastic and I, I remember her mentioning that she specifically looks for passion in entrepreneurs and i and i realized that's where i was going wrong because i was focusing on money and when she, and when they invest when their firm invests in, in founders they look for passion and i didn't and i realized i didn't have the passion i was just trying to do another job that i'd created myself trying to make money and so that's the second founder Asherora, uh, amazing person third person uh was a young graduate uh from uh imperial college who was a science major and she set up a company called clear her name is um ahana Banerjee and she has a business uh in her early 20s that's already worth 15 million dollars and i think you know it's fantastic to see so many uh you know, people coming through the ranks who are getting, uh, you know, the right advice. They have like good role models, um, through platforms like yourself and who are doing really successful business and uh, creating um, a legacy for our future generations. So
1: thanks so much for the shout out for me there. So I really appreciate it. I think we've got a long way to go before. I think there's a lot more work to be done, but Ahana and Ash are amazing. So Ahana has been on the podcast before. Like you said, incredible what she's been able to achieve at such a young age. And I think i means to Ash yeah.
0: next week, actually. So
1: Ash again. Really
0: she's amazing.
1: She's a lovely person. I've yeah. well. so been to dinner with her, like group dinners with her a few times. And as I said, she's got such infectious energy as well and like really knows her stuff. So really big fan of her as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and one other thing about Ash, though, I should mention is that she is so humble. She is such a humble person. And you just think, wow, you know, all these entrepreneurs that say, um, I can't work for someone because, uh, you know, uh, because my ego is effective because my ego is too big. Well, <laughs> well, well, unfortunate news for you is that even when you are an owner, business owner, you're going to have to get over your ego. You need to become a better person if you want to be a successful entrepreneur. Uh, yeah. And you need to be humble because you're going to have to learn a lot of things. You know, <laughs> you'd really, uh, we only know like a tiny, tiny fraction of what we need to know to be successful. We're going to have to do a lot of learning and that requires a lot of humility. Absolutely.
1: So if people want to learn more from you and connect with you, see what you're up to, learn maybe about women in tech events as well, where should they go
0: to? Absolutely. Um, You can connect with me on LinkedIn. That's the best channel. And um, we are going to rerun our next uh, sort of round two of the Uh, parliamentary women in business and technology which of course is open to both men and women um, uh, next year um, for uh, International Women's Day will be our first event. Awesome
1: so is there anything now that the audience listening today could be able to help you with?
0: Yes uh, absolutely so we are always looking for speakers uh, for uh, either our parliamentary uh, women in tech and business series, or other events that we may have in the future in Parliament. So, if you feel like you have uh, a story that is worth sharing, please reach out to us, and um, you know we'll uh, inc- you know we'll try and we'll try and do our best to include you in some events in future.
1: Perfect. So, thanks so much for coming on today. Really enjoyed this. Have you got any final words, to audience?
0: So, absolutely. Uh, you know, life is short. Follow your passion. Follow your dreams and put a plan together, ground it in reality, and make it happen. Hello, hello everyone. Thank you so much for listening. It makes a huge amount
1: to us. And we don't think you realize how important you are. Because if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, if you leave us a five-star review, it makes a world of difference. And if you believe in what we're trying to do here, to inspire, connect, and guide the next generation of British Asians, if you do those things, you can help us achieve that mission. And you can help us make a bigger impact and by doing that it means we can get bigger guests we can host more events we can do more for the community so you can play a huge part so thank you so much for supporting us